Thank you for tuning in to the World Overcomers podcast. On behalf of our senior pastor, Andy Thompson, we appreciate your continued support and generosity. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast to receive updates when we post new content every week. If you would like more information or want to make a contribution to World Overcomers or Pastor Andy, visit www.worldovercomers.church slash podcast. Once again, that is www.worldovercomers.church slash podcast. Enjoy the message. Amen. You may be seated in the name of the Lord. What time is it? It's about that time. What's the time? It's about that time. If I can draw your attention to verse number 6, John chapter 7, verse number 6 of this passage that I just shared with you in which Jesus says to his brothers, my time is not yet here for you any time will do. What time is it? What time is it? This is a question that there was a season in which we asked this question. We wondered this. What time is it? It's not something that we do a whole lot now. We got our phones and everything's connected and tells us what time it is all the time. There was a time, for those of you my age and older and younger, some of you a bit younger remember, there was a time when you used to actually ask the question, what time is it? Time is it? I asked that question, number one, and here just a, just a few appetizer thoughts. I, I, I said that, number one, in immaturity. In my immaturity, I asked, what time is it? I asked it because I didn't have a watch. I asked it because I didn't have a phone. I asked it because I was a kid, because I was a child, because in my youth, I wasn't always aware of the time. In my youth, I was more aware of my friends and more aware of playing and more aware of having a good time than what time it was. And I would get in trouble if I was late because in my immaturity, I was not aware of time. What time is it? I asked that question in ignorance. I asked it because the time was not always easily seen. I remember being in school and who had a watch? Nobody had a watch. Nobody had a phone. And I'd be looking on the wall of the, of the classroom and I remember the clock being something distant and you're trying to see and you can't because in my ignorance of what time it was, I had to ask somebody closer to tell me what time it was because it wasn't always easy to tell what time it was. I asked it for clarity. I said, what time is it? I asked it for clarity because there was a a moment and a season in which the time was not always agreed upon. Now we have an exact time. Now we pull out our phones and know the exact time. But I remember, nobody wants to say amen, but I remember, Elder Clark, where you called the time. You got on your phone that was on the wall from the cord. And you called and they said at the tone, the time will be 8.47 and 30 seconds. And then they tell you the weather. And at that time you knew exactly what time because if you were just going by watches, nobody had a clock, nobody had a phone. If you were just going by watches, this person was saying it's 10.05 and this person was saying it's 10 o'clock and this person was saying it was 10.10. Back then, daylight savings time was actually an excuse. You could actually say, oh, we had to remind everybody, set your clocks ahead. Now, it ain't an excuse no more. Your phone changed on its own. You can act like, oh, my Lord, it's 9. Is it really 11? I thought it was only 10. You can't fake it because everything changed on its own. The time was not agreed upon, although, quite honestly, if you're like me, it might say it's 11 on your phone and 11 on that screen, but it still do feel like 10. It still do feel like 9. It still do. It it don't feel like it's 11. 
the daylight savings time thing is actually being debated in America as to whether or not we want to keep on doing it. The reason why we started doing it was because of war. Because in a time of war, you need to be careful about saving energy. I'm just going to drop nuggets and just let them sit. You got to be careful about saving energy. And so they were trying to be careful about the time so that you didn't use up more energy than you needed to, especially in a war period. When you're in a battle, your energy is very important to preserve and conserve. And so that's uh, a part of the reason why they even instituted daylight savings time. And they're questioning whether or not it's something that needs to continue to happen because something happens to you and your body in the time and its connection in the season and the earth. Matter of fact, I was reading this whole article about how well, human beings, because they're such an electric conduct conductivity with us, we actually need to be grounded and, and actually go outside and put your feet in the grass and connect to the earth. And there was article was talking about how pets uh, have the same diseases we have because they're in the house all the time, whereas wild animals who are feet are on the ground. I'm getting real deep here. But what I'm saying is the idea was is that you become attuned to the time. You become attuned to the sun. Your brain and your eyes are attuned to the light. And all this fake light and natural light can throw you off. And so when we spring forward or fall back, it takes the time for our bodies to adjust. For a long time afterwards. I don't know how long you use the excuse. I use it forever. I'll, I'll say, yeah, listen, I'm still adjusting. Help me, somebody will be like, it is June. I'm like, I know, I'm still. I, it's, it says it's 10, but it's still 9 to me. It's, it says it's 11, but I still feel like it's 8. Because we, you become attuned to the time and adjusted to the time. Barely aware of how important time is. One of the things that was really amazing to me about Jesus and one of the things that I think is a life trait that we really ought to really take into account and we see it in this passage here, one of the things that we need to decide, all right, let's add this to our life regimen in us trying to be like Christ is Jesus was very aware of time. He was moved and motivated by time. Moved and motivated by time. I think one of the challenges, and you'll have to forgive me if I step into an apostolic moment and I happens a lot where I, I feel like I have a responsibility to create some false theology. I think one of the things that we were taught, I certainly was taught it, and I won't say by what generations because I got some of them in the room and I love them, and they're watching me long line, but, but I'm telling you that some of the, the, one of the theologies that we were taught that I want to correct is what I call, you can write it down, I'll put it on the screens, it's called the hubris of specificity. The hubris of specificity, meaning in a sense that we were taught an arrogance and the specificity of us. We were not allowed to really understand that God is a God of seed, and your mama decided to have you, God decided to send you, but the idea that your purpose or your walk is so specific to God's plan is something that fills you with an overwhelming and over. Uh, and really an unbalanced sense of your own importance to God. Oh, it's quiet. I'm not saying you're not important to God, but you're not so important to God that he can't move on without you. You're not so important to God that his whole plan will fall apart. Think, think about it. It don't make no sense for God to be so specific to you that his whole plan is built on you, especially considering how hard it is for you to hear him. That's why the Bible says all things work together for the good of them who love God and are called according to his purpose. God got to be bigger than whether or not you can hear his voice. 
His plan has got to be bigger than whether or not you specifically become an engineer. I don't think God specifically made you to be an engineer. I think there's a number of things that you can do that God will be pleased with. But we are taught an over-specificity because the more specific we make God, the easier it is for us to predict him and control you. It's hard to deal with a God who loves broad because we don't love broad. Our love is very specific, and in our attempt to, to explain a God different from us, instead of accepting that he's not like us, we make him like us so that we can predict him because he's so big, he makes us nervous. His love is so wide, it makes us nervous. His love is so deep, it makes us uncomfortable. Comfortable. So what we do is we make him in our image instead of us trying to be made in his. But my point in all of it is, gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, eh, anyone who told you anything overly specific about you or overly specific about the place, I remember just, oh my God, it was this whole huge deal of you finding the exact specific place and ignoring the idea that the Bible said God will bless you in the city, he'll bless you in the field, he'll bless you when you come, he'll bless you when you go, in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the other most parts of the earth. And so what I'm saying is, for anyone who taught you that specificity, let me correct that for you this morning and tell you the most specific thing about you is the time you're in. That's the most specific thing. The most specific thing that you're going to hear from God about is your timing. What matters is time. Time and how much you got left and how you handle it and how you deal with it and redeeming the time because the days are evil. This is what God cares more about than even specifically whether or not you a nurse right now or whether or not you transition into sales or whether or not you transition into, into something else in which you retire and then you start your own thing and you always wanted to do hair and now you're doing hair. God ain't up there caring about whether or not you do hair or nail. He wants to know, are you making money? Are you tithing? Have you given to the victory? Oh, I mean, let me sit back down. What I'm saying is, is what, what's, what really matters to God is that he has somehow, by his divine purpose, set you in this moment, in this time. You are born in a time in which you're not a slave. You're born in a time in which you do have power. You're, to, you're, you're born in a time in which women are actually taught to read. You are born in a time when women can vote. You are born in a time in which black people can vote. You are born in a time in which we can do stuff together. You are born in this season and you must be more aware of that than almost anything. What matters is time. Now, when I talk about time, let me talk about it from three lenses, okay? The first lens, if you're with me, if you're taking notes, I'll throw it on the screen. Three lenses of time that the Lord told me to tell you about this morning. The first lens of time, and we've already talked about it a little bit, but it's okay because it's good, and that is, what time is it now? What time is it right now? What month are we in? What, what, what day is it? What time is it? What year is it? That awareness is important to know that you're not crazy. That awareness is important to know that you're well. If you've ever been in a hospital, if you've ever been in anything difficult, if you've ever gone through anything, one of the things they'll ask you is, what day is it? 
What year is it? What time is it? Who's president right now? And if you give the wrong answer, then they will look at you a little funny. Just keep on getting older. You're nodding at me. Just keep, if you're like, I don't know what you're talking about. Keep on getting older. First thing they ask you is, what's going on in your family? What's your people's got going on? What's your mom and them's got? Anybody in there ever died this? Anybody in there ever had this? They want to know what you got coming down the line through you generationally. Then they'll ask you, what's today? What's today? I don't know if anyone's ever said to you, what day is it today? It almost makes you be like, do you have a job? Are you aware? Are you really asking me, is it Tuesday or Wednesday? I don't know if you have a job if you don't know what day it is. If all of your days is a weekend. But I don't know if you've ever been in a situation in which you had a day off and now it made the day seem weird. It's almost like, well, I, I had Friday, Thursday off and now Friday feels like a Saturday and Saturday feels like a day. Because the awareness of what time it is right now, what time is the world in? One of the mistakes, Pastor Al, one of the mistakes we made in the church world is we so in the church that we done lost track of what century we in. Pastor Andy, y'all got all them cameras and all them smoke and all them screens and all that stuff. I, you wouldn't believe the folks who have been critical of me, bishops and such, in the denominations that I grew up in. I done sold out somehow by deciding to keep up with the 21st century. Oh, my God. You ain't even up there with a Bible. You got some kind of pad. And so, that's why I started bringing my Bible out here because some bishops try to say to me, Do I don't even see the Word. Can you at least hold the Word in your hand? Because they need to see somebody walking around with the Word. The Word is on my iPad, but no, it is a Word. It isn't even a Word. Wait a Word. Wait a Word. You need to have a Word. I don't want to hear none of that NIV. I want King James Version. Uh, the King Jimmy, that the Holy Bible, that the, that the Holy Bible. Do he preach out King James? Do he preach out King James? Wait, wait, wait. Do he preach out King James? You might want to consider that King James Version is a translation that was commissioned by King James. And maybe King James had an, uh, had an attitude or had a, an agenda that wasn't necessarily about you being free. Because if the Bible says, if you hold to my teaching, you'll really be my disciples, then you'll know the truth. And the truth will set you free. If that's true, why ain't some of us free? Satan had me banned, but Jesus set me free. Why aren't we free? So, it's one of the things that happens. I, I get it. I understand because I've been in church all my life. I'm fourth generation preacher. I got you. I understand. I'm from a holiness denomination. Oh, yes, it's a highway to heaven. None can walk up there but the pure in heart. If you're not walking, start while I'm talking. Walking up the Kang's Highway. And they, folk who have a tendency to be full of faith can also be very determined and stubborn and stuck. So now air conditioning in the building is somehow demonic. Some guy called me and said, Pastor Andy, I feel like I, I feel like you somebody that can mentor me. I said, okay, tell me about your church. He said, well, we don't have any, we don't have any instruments in the church. You don't have any instruments on where I'm from, where we don't have any instruments. I said, well, what do you do with praise him with the psaltery and harp and praise him with the string of instruments? And what do you do with that? He said, well, there was no, uh, because, there was, <clears throat> because there was no instruments in the New Testament, we believe that we should only have in the New Testament, in the New Testament church, what they had in the New Testament then. I said, okay, all right, can I ask you a question? How'd you get to church? 
He said, I drove my truck. I said, they didn't have no trucks in the New Testament. Do you turn the heat on? He said, of course we turn the heat on. They didn't have no heat in the New Testament. What are you talking about? He said, do you use microphones? He said, well, of course we use microphones. I said, well, a microphone is simply an instrument that is meant to amplify your voice. I got into a discussion, Elder Paul, with somebody about my phone. Now, I don't like all that stuff you're doing all that. You know, my, my, my issue is, you, you know what I mean? You, you're supposed to be preaching the word. You, 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 you're supposed to be in the word. What all this TikTok? You, 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 you're supposed to be in the word. I said, but if this right here makes it so that I can talk to uh, 3,000 people in this room, and if that right there is meant for me to talk to 50,000 people at one time, this right here is meant for me to talk to a million people at one time. And we all need to be aware that this is talking to the world. This is just another microphone. But we get stuck because in our religious zealotry, we lose sight of what time it is. Number two, second lens, is what time is it for you? What time is it for you? How old are you? I'm 87 years young. You are 87 years old. Stop lying to yourself. Your time is running short. I rebuke that. You can rebuke age. I don't know if you... You can rebuke age all you want. Them knees are clicking. You can rebuke... You can bind it in the name of Jesus. I bind gray hair. You can bind gray hair. Gray hair is unruly. Gray hair is a heathen. Gray hair don't want to lay down. Gray hair don't want to act right. Gray hair want to grow overnight. Let me get me more. Gray hair. Gray hair resists the die. It's demonic. Gray hair ain't saved. Gray hair don't care about your prayer life. How old are you? How old is your brain? How old is your heart? It's possible to be 47 and have a 65-year-old heart in you. What season is it for you? Where are you in your timing? Are you off schedule? The whole world could be in time or off time, and if you're in schedule or off schedule, it doesn't really matter. you got to know what your time is. What time is it? What time is it for you? This is a big deal for me. I fuss about it all the time. I'm always fussing. I'm always trying to get my sons to realize this is the time to work. This is the time to run. This is the time to push. This is the time to holler. Part of the reason why I'm sitting more is because I've been preaching. This year will be 40 years of me preaching. I started preaching when I was 15. I turned 55 this year. I know I look good, bro. And I'll be, this year will be 40 years. Now, when you've been doing something at 24 and 34 and 44, you can't necessarily do it if and at 54, the way you did it, at 44, let alone 64, Elder Clark, I ain't talking to you. You let alone when you get to 54 or 64 or 74, 84, 94, 110, you're going to have to adapt because of your time. Somebody say to you, when you tend, somebody say, let race. You just race. You take your shoes off and race when you tend. Somebody say to you, let's race. You got to stretch first. First of all, you got to think, when was the last time I ran? I know I'm not the only one. When was the last time I ran? Not jogged. I love that hat, bro. Not jogged. Ran. Let's run. 
I will pop my hamstring. It'll go all the way up to the back of my neck. I popped my hamstring taking my shoe off. I need a witness in here. I didn't unlace it enough, and I was just pulling it off, and it popped. I said, oh, my Lord. You, you got to know what time it is for you. There's nothing worse than somebody in their 50s competing with people in their 30s. Nothing worse than somebody acting younger than they are or acting older than they are. What time is it for you? Then the third time, which I know we talk about all the time, is God's time. God's time. God's time is very interesting. God's time is very interesting because God lives outside of time. First thing I'll tell you about God and timing is that God lives outside of time, standing outside of time. He can see it, but he stands outside of it. He is the ruler of time. No man knows the day or the hour when the Son of Man will appear. I don't care who preaches. I don't care who put all the stuff up on the screen. I don't care how many maps. I don't care how many times they done read the revelations. Do you know how many times folk done said Jesus is about to come back and he ain't back? Turn of the century. I was scared half to death. I, I had my Bible on my chest. I just knew they was, he was coming back. He coming like a thief in the night. I, they swore up and down he was coming the year 2000. And folk had prognosticated he is coming back on this Sunday. He is coming back on the year 2000. I was like, ain't nobody, don't nobody know when he's coming. The Bible says no man know the day, the hour when the Son of Man is going to appear. I will admit, though, I went to sleep with my Bible on my chest that night, though. I did. I said, the Lord may come back. He's going to find me when my king will call for me. May he find me in my place. When I woke up the next morning and I was still here, I said, I knew Jesus wasn't coming back. Then I thought, what if I missed the rapture? I don't know if y'all ever heard. What if I missed it? What if he came and I was left behind? Started thinking, who can I call that I know is going to make it? I know Elder Paul going to go. So I started calling. Phone ringing, ringing. I'm like, pick it up, Elder Paul. Pick it up, pick it up Elder Paul. He said, hello. I said, oh, woo. That was close. I was a scared. God lives outside of time. God is the ruler of time. God can restore time. God can restore time. I'm going to speak that over you and me and everybody else. God can restore time. Very rarely does God stop time. For all of you praying for him to stop time, you might as well just, it's just a waste of time to ask him to stop time. He don't stop time a lot. Time don't wait, but God can restore time. He can restore your youth to you so that you mount up on wings as an eagle. The Bible says, they that wait on the Lord, let me calm down, shall renew their strength. And God can restore time to you, and you can make up time in the air, and it might look late till God shows up, and it ain't over till God says it's over. God can restore time. But he just doesn't stop time a lot, but he can restore time. And the greatest thing that can happen is what I call a time convergence. A time convergence. A time convergence is when the time and your time and God's time Align. When the time and your time and God's time align, I pray and declare over this room and over everyone watching around the world that the time and your time and God's time will align. I pray that you get a Holy Ghost alignment in here. You ever need an alignment? I said, you ever need an alignment? Ever have a car where you need an alignment and you don't get it for a while because you can't afford it? 
Where you need an alignment, you have to hold on to your wheel even more stiffly. When you need an alignment, your something is always trying to get you off course. When you need an alignment, you have to be very aware of what road you're on and what lane you're in because when you need an alignment, your car's trying to drift into a ditch. If this message has blessed or encouraged you, feel free to visit www.worldovercomers.church/podcast and learn more about WOCC or donate to the ministry. This enables us to continue to impact the kingdom in the best way possible. When you need an alignment, you can't trust the car if your hand ain't on the wheel. When you need an alignment from God, you can't trust where you're going. You can barely trust the road. You can barely trust your own desires. When all of this aligns, when, when the timing aligns, and my God, that's my prayer for me, and it's my prayer for you, that this time and, and your time and God's time will align. That's what I'm trying to do. That's why I'm streaming. That's why I'm, I'm on the phone. That's why I got a TikTok. That's why I got a, that's why I don't have a flip phone. That's why I got an Instagram. That's why I, that's why I do it. I'm doing it because I don't want to be in, so in my time that I get out of the time and I can't work in God's time. Because God is bigger than cell phones, and God is bigger than TV, and God is bigger than radio, and God is bigger than VHS, and God is better than the VHS. God is bigger than all of it. But, but the people that were able to be the most effective were the people that didn't get so stuck in their time that they missed God's time in its time. I like this, this message. This is good. So you need an alignment. Now. Let me tell you that an alignment is going to straighten you out, but because you live in the world, you are living around people who are not aligned. They're not aligned because they're not even asking God what time it is. They're only thinking about what time it is for them how much money they can make, where can they get to? But you are missing a leg of it if you don't say, God, what are you saying to me? Lord, what is the timing? What is going on with me right now? That timing is important. God's timing is important to you being aligned. Just know that alignment is going to create some things for you. Some of them are good. Some of them are challenging. Let's look at the text. I got seven minutes left. Let's look at the text and let's see what being in alignment did for Jesus. Because the point I'm trying to make is that Jesus was aligned. Jesus was aware of the time. Jesus was aware of his time. He said to his brothers, for y'all, any time will do. So he was aware of the time, his time, God's time. Here's what the, uh, this time convergence, this alignment, here's what it will create. Number one, it's going to create conflict. It's going to create conflict. You have to be ready for it. It's going to create conflict. I don't want the conflict to catch you off guard. If you get aligned, if you get your times lined up, it's going to create conflict for you. Jesus had really three types of conflict. We just see it in Jesus and in, in the life of Christ. Number one, he had church conflict. Jews wanted to kill him. The passage says that the Jews wanted to kill him. I don't know if you know what it's like for the religious people to hate you. 
I don't know if you know what it's like for the folk who are around you who are supposed to be the praying people to be the people who are wishing you evil. It's one thing for evil people to wish evil on you. It's something else altogether with somebody that you think has a prayer life to actually have a wickedness in their heart towards you. It's a hard conflict. It's not an easy conflict. It's tough. If you've ever had anybody like that in your family who you knew them to be spiritual or thought them to be spiritual and you found yourself in conflict with them because they have a secret underlying jealousy or hate or envy of you and they're talking about you because you think you're somebody, it can be very difficult to get over that because you always knew them to be spiritual and in your mind they were praying somebody and you are constantly questioning yourself as to whether or not maybe you really aren't right. Because your auntie taught you about God and now she mad at you because you got the nerve to have two jobs. And there's a part of you that's like, right, but I'm supposed to be balanced. But y'all taught me to see Jesus only, but I also, and there's a conflict on the inside of you when the religious leaders are at aught with you. I was talking to a young woman. Uh, I, was, I was getting a checkup, and, and as I was leaving, there was a, uh, a young white girl was checking me out, just going to paperwork, and she said to me, what do you do? And, you know, I don't, I don't always like to tell everybody what I do because people act different when you tell them I'm a man of when you, when you tell them that, they get all, ooh, ooh they, get, they act different. But I just said to them, I said, well, I'm a pastor. I said, I'm a pastor. I'm a pastor of one of the probably largest churches in the state of North Carolina. She said, oh, wow. She said, well, I was raised Southern Baptist. She told me, I was raised Southern Baptist. And I said, oh, wow. I said, okay. I said, she's like, eh, I don't really go to church. I said, you don't? She said, I don't. I said, well, allow me to apologize for how the church at times can be overzealous with its condemnation theology because religion is often used to, to actually unite and agree and also to reinforce power. Because you can't just rule with might, you have to rule with right. So the way to really rule you is whoever rules the heavens rules the earth. Y'all remember Book of Eli where he's supposed to be blind? Whole movie's about them trying to find a Bible. Why are they trying to find a Bible? Trying to find a Bible because the guy is trying to consolidate his power, young man. He knows it's not enough to have a bunch of guys riding around on motorcycles with guns. He's got to get a Bible so he can affect what your faith is because your faith can rule you and condemnation and guilt can rule you and make it easier to control you. I said, don't be turned off by God. Don't be turned off from God by that. Still seek him. Still seek him. She said to me, oh, I've never heard a pastor say anything like that. I said, yeah, but I can just apologize. Her heart was in the right place, but it was some bad stuff that came of it. Because religion has been used to unite nations forever. It doesn't necessarily mean that that's what Christ was about. So there's a church conflict. Let me move on. Number two, there's a family conflict. Jesus has a family conflict. His brothers are like, oh, you want to be a public figure, don't you? Okay, well, go to the feast. Go up to this Feast of Tabernacles like all the other men are. Go present yourself. It's a whole week of, it's a whole week of celebration. It's like a giant spring break that happens in the seventh month of the year for the children of Israel. It's a big thing that's instituted in Leviticus. It's, it's taking a whole week and treating it as a Sabbath. And his brothers are saying, get out of Galilee and go on down if you want to be a public figure. Then present yourself, because they don't even believe in him. And Jesus ends up having to say to them, I'm not like y'all. I'm going to let y'all say amen on that while I. I don't know if you've ever had to tell your family, yeah, but I'm not like y'all. 
Yeah, but I'm not broke like y'all. I don't know if you've heard. Yeah, but I'm not broke like y'all. Yeah, but I'm not dumb like y'all. But I read. I'm not like y'all. Yeah, but I'm trying to be somewhere. I'm not like y'all. Yeah, but I'm not ghetto like y'all. I'm not country like y'all. I ain't black y'all. I ain't white like y'all. Y'all don't like black people? I ain't white like y'all. I love me some black people. I'm not like y'all. I'm not scared to fly. You about to get on a plane and go where? I don't go nowhere. Southwest don't fly. Well, I'm not like y'all. In essence, Jesus is saying to them, you need to keep y'all's counsel to yourself because I ain't like y'all. For y'all, any time will do. For me, I got to be aware of their time. I got to be aware of my time. I got to be aware of God's time. I got different rules on my life than what you have on your life because there's a favor on my life and there's a blessing on my life and there's a word over my life and doors open for me. And don't hate on me, but, but understand that, it, that if you're going to hate, hate from over there. If you're going to hate, don't give me counsel. Can't give me advice and be jealous at the same time. Jealous people can't give you a word. Well, I have a word for you. No, you don't, because you're mad at me. You can't have a word for me if you don't love me. Keep that word to yourself. I think that word is meant to make me feel bad and make me to feel smaller and make me go to, for less and make me belittle and make me be smaller. And I rebuke that in the name of Jesus because the God I serve is taking me somewhere. I'm on my way somewhere. And you better watch what you say to me. But it's a hard thing to say. To tell your brothers, what works for you won't work for me. It's a gangster thing for Jesus to say. I'm different than y'all. Then third, and I'm going to take a little bit of liberties, and I, I want you to forgive me if I, if I offend you a little bit when it comes to Jesus. But I, I see an inner conflict here with being aligned with time. Because they're telling Jesus, go down to the feast. And Jesus says, I'm not going. But then he goes. So either he changed his mind. But if he's God, talk to me now. God is not one to change his mind. Okay, so did he lie? I mean, he's not, he didn't lie. Well, what's he doing? I'm sorry, I just like it. I like the humanity of Jesus. It makes me feel all right with being a human being that I might say, I ain't going, but I might change my mind and go. He says, yeah, y'all go. I'm not going to this one. But then after they left, he went by himself. He didn't go publicly. He went in secret. He, he went incognito. Sorry. He went, he went on the down. He went kind of surrounded. He went and he listened to what they had to say about him. Even though he was God in the flesh, he still was concerned with what folk got to say. What's in their mouth? What are they saying about me? So this time, this alignment creates conflict. This alignment creates miracles that require explanation. Miracles that require explanation. Don't be surprised when somebody needs your miracle explained. Don't be surprised when you have to tell somebody, well, you see, God opened the door for me. Don't be surprised. Don't be upset when people doubt it. They doubt it because they ain't ever seen it, like you said. They doubt it. I know you want to take it personally. Me too. I want to take it personally. It's hard not to. It's hard not to. It's hard not to say, well, what you trying to say? I just can't believe God is using you like that up there. Oh, really? What's so bad about me? Wow. 
Don't be surprised when folk need you to explain how God moved for you the way he moved for you. A part of what happens when you get in line is stuff starts happening and the door starts opening and things start going and you start getting calls and you start making sales and you start getting offers and you, and you end up with an offer at another place and then they're trying to keep you there and now you got people, everybody else trying to find a job and you got jobs fighting over you. Don't be offended when somebody says, really, why? Why are they doing that with you? You need to say, because God is on my side, because I decided to get in my time and God's time in the time. You can never get tired of explaining right to wrong. I know it is exasperating <laughs> that you have to keep explaining right to wrong thinkers. And what you have to actually sit down and say, okay, let me explain this to you. When you give your life to the Lord, when you surrender your life to Christ, when you start praying, when you actually go to church and pay attention, did you know that if you actually ever do it, God will talk to you? Did you know that as I was driving in my car, I'm sorry, I'll have to explain it to you. So I was in my car and I was driving into work and I heard the Holy Ghost say to me, go for more. Now I know that sounds crazy to you. They may say to you, was it audible in your car? You'll say no, it was on the inside. But I knew that it was God talking to me. I've come to understand his voice and I knew that that was God. And then I woke up and my baby was singing more, 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 more more and I said if this five-year-old heathen is saying more then God must have more for me and I put all that together and then I went down and I decided to go and look and see what were they offering since the Holy Ghost said more and my six-year-old said more over her Cheerios and then every time I drove in I, I kept seeing more on a sign and more over here and more over there and I decided to take all of that and I decided to believe maybe God was trying to talk to me and maybe God had more for me than this and you know what to tell you the truth I want more and I'm believing for more and I desire more and I'm really not happy with this little bit and I rebuke the enemy that's going to try to keep me less. You might have to explain that. You may have some doubt till they get to your more. I don't know if you've ever had that. I don't know if you've ever had that experience. I don't know if you've ever had it where folk who told you it wasn't going to happen and folk who was hating on you had to walk through and be like, well, I guess God really was talking to you crazy. And, you, and you're like, that's right, look what the Lord had done. I don't know if you've ever had that. That is sweet. Oh, that tastes good. Nothing better than that. Folk don't even want to come to your house. Got a small little attitude. How dare God bless you, especially when they know your dirt. Especially when they know where you came from and know what you used to be like and know how you used to talk. I wanted to get to verse 30. I'm done. And verse 30, Jesus is talking. And Jesus says something that offends everybody so much. Now, we know they're trying to kill him. And in verse 30, it says, at this they tried to seize him, but no one laid a hand on him because his hour had not yet come. One of the things that alignment creates is divine protection. I speak that over everybody in the name of Jesus, that it can't happen. The weapon may be formed, but it cannot prosper. There is a guard over you. There is a covering over you. There is a force field around you. There is a shield over you. You can't die before your time. The devil is like, you cannot, you cannot die before your time. We rebuke death off of you. And off, I don't care what came down on you from whoever, you cannot die until God is done with you. If you get caught up in your time and his time and that time, God will protect your life. Folk will try to lay hands on you and can't. You ain't got to defend yourself. Can you imagine trying to grab Jesus and he just walked right through them like the matrix and they could not put hands on him because they couldn't put hands on him till his time was full. 
I will live until it's my time. I will live and not die. You will live and not die. You will fulfill the promise that God has for you. You will do the work that God has called you to do. Don't you be afraid of the attack of the enemy because the devil is a liar. I'm speaking that right. The devil is a liar. When he whispers to you that your time is up, you got to say, you, the devil is, a matter of fact, you almost know you're going to live when he tells you you're going to die because he's a liar and the father of lies but also you can rest and know that if you are chasing God's timing you don't have to be afraid of death You can say, I'm going to make my sales in my time. I'm going to meet the right person in the right time. I'm going to get this house in the right time. I'm going to get this new job in the right time. I, I don't want to get ahead of God. I don't want to be behind God. I want to be in alignment with what God has for me. And I'm only going to lose but so much sleep because in the fullness of time, God will make a way for me. And I'm not going to be afraid that the enemy's going to get me outside of my time. Because I realize that there's a divine protection. There's a hedge around me. Angels are guarding over me. And even if you try to put your mouth on me, you won't be able to. Even if you try to put your hands on me, you won't be able to. It'll slide off because it is not my time. I don't know if you've ever made the mistake. I have. I'll just talk about myself. I don't know if you've ever made the mistake of prognosticating someone's doom ahead of time. They did something you thought wasn't acceptable. They did something you just knew God was going to get them for that. I don't know if this ever happened to you. You just knew that the Lord was done with them. You just knew they had crossed the final line and the devil was going to get them for sure. And God proved you wrong just to shut you up. Just to show you that his grace is sufficient. That his hand is on who he wants us to have the hand on. He said, I'll bless who I want to bless and I'll curse who I want to. Don't be so sure about who's wrong just because they don't line up with your ideal. And for everyone, I, I, I'm, I'm speaking this, for everyone who somebody said, uh-huh, it going to get you. I rebuke, I bind that curse from off of your life right now. For whoever misjudged you or wrongly judged you or prejudged you or decided that you don't deserve, believe me, if God is for you, who can be against you? If you are aligned, all things work together for the good of them who love God and are called according to his time. Timing and purpose. Anybody who's saying, yeah, 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 but I'm in the timing of God. Yeah, 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 but I'm working for the Lord. Yeah, 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 but I'm trying to see what God is saying for me. Yeah, 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 I got you. I might have made a mistake. I might have lost it over here. I might have blown it, but you know what? There's something about my God. He likes people who want to work for him, and I told him I'll serve him. And I decided to allow, to, to, to allow God to rule my time. And I'm constantly talking to him about the time and my time and aligning them. I'm constantly saying, Lord, is this your will? Is this where you want me to? Is this how you want me to walk? You want me to go to the Navy? No, okay. You want me to go to where you want me to go? I want to be where you want me to be. I want to do what you want me to do. Now I'm going to go over here, and if you want to stop me, stop me. Can't nobody stop you but God. No one can stop you but God and you. When you are aligned, there is a protection that covers you. There's a protection that's over you. The devil can't put his hands on nothing that's yours. Can't put his hands on your children. Can't put his hands on your grandchildren. Can't put his hands on your money. Can't put his hands on your business. No, 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 not until the fullness of time. 
Your time has not yet come. Stop being terrified. Your time has not yet come. You ain't going nowhere until God is done with you. You're not going nowhere. That thing will end when God's ready for it to end. It ain't over till God says it's over. Let me pray for you. God, I thank you right now for your word. Thank you that it's a lamp. Thank you that it's a light. Thank you that the entrance of your word sheds light. Thank you that we can walk in the light. Lord, here we are, first, second week of March 2023. We're in time, you're not. So God, we pray that you protect us from the conflict of alignment. God, we pray that you would show us where you're leading us and guiding us. God, we pray that your protection will cover us as we are determined to be aligned with you. May your glory be revealed in us. Thank you for speaking so big in us today. Thank you for speaking to us and through us. Thank you for your anointing that destroys the yoke. Thank you for your power that's available to us, Word. We surrender our lives to your will. We surrender our lives to your way. We surrender our lives to your timing. We might have thrown our clocks forward, but God, we're looking to you. Our eyes are upon you. Protect our houses, protect our money, protect our future, protect our careers, protect our savings. Banks are failing, but not us, God. You got us. Have your way in us. Use us for your glory. God, we thank you, Lord, for the boldness, God, to make hard decisions to come back into alignment. God, sharpen our discernment, God. So we can see where your alignment is. Lord, and as we move forward in time, we thank you, Lord, that as we make one step, you're going to make the next step, God. That you will let us know that we are in proper alignment with your will. God, we bless you. We love you. We receive this word today. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Amen. If you receive the word, can you clap your hands? Come on, come on. Tell somebody, I'm going to get in alignment with God's timing. Listen, before we go, we want to sow into this word. Did we not receive a word today? Amen. I'm going to watch this over and over again and chew on it. But what we want to do, we want to sow into victory part. Pastor talked about it in his message. I believe that this is the acceptable time for you to sow into the good work of this ministry. God has allowed Pastor to, to dream and to have visions way past where we are. But he can't do it alone. Tell somebody he needs you. He needs you. He needs your support right now to sow into Victory Park. Now, there are a couple people that have had some questions as it pertains to uh, their pledge and, and that they've done it in the past, uh, the, the, in, earlier in the year. You can continue to pay on your pledge in all of our platforms. But if you open Church Center right now, there is a new icon that says that you can give here. Everything that you give in the church center platform goes directly to. Somebody say, somebody say directly to. It goes directly to Victory Park, okay? So right now, if you would, lift, lift your hand if you need an envelope. As our brothers are about to pass the buckets. I see your hand right here up front. Amen. Wasn't that a great word today? Amen. Amen, amen, amen. To our first-time visitors, thank you so much for coming today. We, we have a connection kiosk as soon as you leave out of the auditorium. If you let them know that you're a first-time visitor, we have a special gift for you here today. Also, in our lobby, uh, we have connection uh, for all of our fellowship groups. If you want to join the men's fellowship group, we have somebody at the table. Women's, young adult, even our student ministry. If you have children of school age, middle school and high school. We want you to connect. Amen. Just giving time for the buckets to pass. And thank you for joining us online today. You can give as well, and we want you to connect with us. Send us a message at connectedwocconline.org and let us know how this word and how worship today impacted you. Amen.
This is going to be a good week. Do you believe it? The best week ever. Somebody say the best week ever. Come on, declare it. Come on, say this is going to be the, this is going to be, I'm talking Winston-Salem talk. This is going to be the best week ever. <laughs> declare it to, until it's so. Amen. Just a couple of seconds so we let the buckets pass. Hallelujah. Amen. If you would stand to your feet, amen, we're about to go. Want somebody to make a declaration? Say, I will get in alignment with God's timing. Come on, say it one more time. Say, I will get in alignment with God's timing. Come on, let's pray. God, we thank you, Lord, for this day. We thank you, Lord, for allowing us to come into your sanctuary on your day and to hear what you have to say. Now, God, as we are going to our various places of living and going about our various tasks, God, we ask you, Lord, that this word takes resident in our hearts, God. Lord, don't let us leave this place and forget the word that has been sown into our hearts. We ask you right now, Lord, to bless our pastor, God. Strengthen him. Rejuvenate him for his labor of love today. Lord, we declare that this week will be the most fantastic, the most miraculous filled week that we've ever, ever experienced because we came into alignment with your will and your time. And Lord, we pray for divine protection over our children, over our cars, and everything that belongs to us on this week. And Lord, we thank you, Lord, that you're going to give us testimonies for the next time that we come into this room of the great things that you have done in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. God bless you. We'll see you next week. Hopefully you were blessed and encouraged by this message. Visit www.worldovercomers.church podcast for more information on WOCC and events that are coming up. Maybe we are coming to your area soon. God bless.